We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, Friday, September 23rd, and there's no MMA tomorrow, so we'll be talking about the uh, NFL, the Sunday slate, 13 game slate coming up. A lot, of, a lot of high totals, right? In comparison to what we've seen the first two weeks on the slate, uh, going over some of the tools. Uh, that you could find here at Roto Grinders, as well as at the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. The original Fundamentals Masterclass is a 15-hour audio DFS course. If you haven't taken it, you should take it right now. Go to theoryofdfs.com. And then uh, three weeks ago, about, uh, we released the Advanced Players course. It's a 10-chapter audio course uh, with, with more advanced concepts, applications of those concepts, as well as uh, Excel tools. Uh, exclusively and uh, and and provided by uh, by my co-author James McCool, and uh, it's tools that the past three weeks I've I've been using to build build my lineups. NFL showdown showdown wasn't bad yesterday uh, until the, until the last play of the game. Uh, uh, Would have been better with a Kareem Hunt touchdown instead of a Chubb touchdown, but whatever. Uh, but wasn't that bad build, building my baseball lineups with these tools uh, alongside lineup HQ. And uh, and uh, we'll show off some of that stuff today. Good morning in the chat. Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I love those. Click that thumbs up button. Like, subscribe. We got tons of content on the on the channel today, uh, from from free stuff to uh, to paid stuff. I'm going to be on the the premium game theory show. That's only for Roto Grinders subscribers. Uh, later today, that'll be posted probably later, four or five o'clock uh, in the afternoon. To go over some uh, correlation leverage, you know, all kind of the advanced topics, the advanced topics that you should be uh, worried about for your for your GPP lineups. 
uh, this coming Sunday. So sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You also get access to our Roto-Grinders Premium Discord. I have a channel there, Blender's Game Theory. And you can talk to me pretty much anytime. I also run two or three uh, Zoom coaching sessions, private coaching, uh, every month. And, uh, and you get access to Lineup HQ and all the premium content and the ownership and the projections and everything you possibly would want. Good morning, Watasuki Singh, the early birds as usual. Uh, good morning, Bart, Jupocalypse, Matt Mears, Red Psych Sports. Let's see. Using the trimmer, uh, Matt Mears says, using the trimmer, I was surprised at how different the results were when I smart trimmed using ownership product versus ownership sum. Are there any scenarios where we tend to use one versus the other? Uh, well, they're both blunt methodologies, right? Ownership product versus ownership sum. Uh, the the problem you get into with ownership sum is that uh, you may have a high-owned lineup, but because like on Showdown, it may be like a $46,000 lineup and it may have a high ownership sum, but actually the combination of the players isn't as owned as you think it is. And the ownership product, on the other hand, may you may think you have a much lower own lineup than you do. Uh, same for ownership, both of them the same way. You have like some 2% owned player, but it's like a 49-7 lineup. And a lot of line, a lot of out of that 2% of people that have that one player, a lot of people actually have that lineup. So it may, you may think that it's duped like four times when it's actually duped 14 times. So the, there's downsides to both of them. I think ownership products is a little bit uh a, l- a little bit more precise than ownership sum, but they're they're both they're both useful. Uh, I think uh, ownership product maybe a little bit maybe a little bit more useful for uh, for NBA when you're not going to really worry about salary much, right? Because you're probably going to be using most of your salary regardless. Uh, the, the difference is uh, for both methods, uh, the product more so than the sum. Uh, the sum, if you're off by a little bit, especially on the low owned players, it doesn't it, it's not going to affect you as much. Like let's say you have someone that's one percent owned. That really, that really is 5% owned. Now, if you're using ownership sum, that's only a difference of four, like in the sum. So a lineup that's like 150 versus a lineup that's 156 isn't that great. But if you're using ownership product, like multiplying by four versus multiplying by one is could be dramatically different. So uh, ownership, but be aware that when you're using ownership product, especially for the lower owned players, single digit owned players, uh, you have to be a, l- a little bit more accurate on your ownership. If, if, you, if you're if you're much more off on those single digit owned players, uh, you may get some wildly different results. So that that they're both there are positives and negatives to both of them. Ownership sum is technically easier, and also you could probably see that in most optimizers like Lineup HQ. But we have the the NFL slate uh, coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, as as I as I talk about all, on the show a lot about like sites like Prize Picks and Underdog, if it's gonna sound it's gonna sound counterintuitive, uh, if you if you haven't already gotten your your picks, your props in by now, by I mean I wouldn't even say by now, but Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, most likely you you're not you're not getting you're not getting good value, okay. The only the only places where you get good value is in uncertain situations. Okay? So if you're if you're going to play on Prize Picks, Underdog, those types of sites, Monty Nice Fight, I guess, use the promo code grinders, get a $100 uh, deposit match bonus if you go over there. Uh like people ask me on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning even, like what do you what do you, what do you got? What do I got? It's like this 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 I I don't got anything that you can get. Right, because everything has moved. I've made on prize picks. I mean, I, I have my sheet right here. On prize picks, I have one, two, three, four, five. Uh, don't count yesterday because I, I had Harris yesterday. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I have eighteen props on prize picks currently. Okay, eighteen of them. Uh, obviously all in pairs. Like I don't, I don't do five flexes. I don't do, I just do pairs, a two pick, two pick powers. And I just, I, I literally round robin the whole thing. Right. So I've one, and then I round robin that one with the other 17, then the two with the other 16 and the three with the other 15. So I have like, I don't know, hundred, 200, 300 cards. And a lot of times they're just like anywhere between like 10 and 25 bucks. 
right? Depending on how off the line is, right? Uh, and I do that for baseball, right? Baseball, you wait for the, the, the board to come up at like one in the morning. You hammer, you use the bat projections, you just hammer the ones that are the most off. And then typically by the morning, they've moved in your direction and the value's gone, right? You got it at the best number. You got it at value, but you have you have to get to that minus 137 line on, on prize picks. So just because it's off by two yards doesn't, doesn't do you any, any good. You have to get to that 58th, 59th percentile. So like, for instance... Like Mac Jones, like I got Mac Jones, 240 and a half passing yards is currently what's on the board. I have his over at 215 and a half, a 25 yard difference. Like it's no good now. Like Mac Jones over 240 and a half is not a minus 137, not even close. Okay. At 215 and a half, he's fine. Right. But you can't get that now. You had to gotten that. I think that that moved on maybe Wednesday afternoon or something like that. You got to, you got to get them early, right? It's not, and there's no use to it now. Like for, for instance, uh, let's see uh, another one, uh, David Montgomery, Montgomery just moved, right? David Montgomery is up to 66 and a half. I have it at 63 and a half. You could have gotten that yesterday if you wanted, right? Uh, we have, uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. I took his under. Okay. Aaron Jones, 50 and a half is on price fix. Now I have his under 59 and a half. I have nine yard difference. His under at 50 and a half ain't, ain't value anymore. Right. I'm not doing this to like brag or anything. This is what you should be doing. I'm not doing anything special. All I'm doing is looking at the, the, the early blitz projections that Derek Cardi comes out with and then comparing that to the numbers that are on the screen. That's it. There's no, there's no highfalutin anything that I'm doing. You just have to do it early. You have to do it before it moves before the value is gone. So, like, uh, we have also, like, Javante Williams. I have the under on Javante Williams. He's right now. He's at 49 and a half now. I have his under 60 and a half. Okay? 11-yard difference. That matters. 49 and a half, that's like, that's like even money right now. Right? Under 60 and a half, that's more than minus 137. So, like, if you're going to be doing prize picks and underdog, there is value there. You just have to get it early. So like before, like there's to me, truthfully, unless there's some uncertain situation. So like, for instance, like Pittman, Pittman's at uh, 61 and a half. I have his over at 61 and a half. I believe he's going to play and he's going to be, he's not going to be limited. Right. So the, 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 the blitz projects him if he's not limited or anything to 86 yards, that's plenty more than 61 and a half. And I could see Pittman's number moving depending on that. Now, if it turns out, oh, he's going to be limited and not going to play that many snaps, well, then I get screwed, right? Probably 61 and a half is way too high, right? But that's the type of thing that you have to do. But a lot of times these numbers come out and they're 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 off way enough that you could get a minus 137 on them. Uh, so like the that when people ask me, how do you do, how do you play, uh, D, how do you do the DFS sites like DraftKings and FanDuel and also do prize picks and underdog? It's like, well, there are two different times, right? I'm doing this early. I'm doing price picks and under early. I don't have to. I I don't have to look at the numbers Sunday morning on price picks and underdog. I'm not. I'm going to assume the value is gone unless there's some uncertain situation. What am I looking for? What number is going to be that far off to give me a minus one thirty seven, a fifty eight and a half win probability that would be by close five hours before game time? Not it. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. And if I see value there from a projection system, I'm more likely that the projections may be slightly off, right? That no one else has hit that number enough that the number moved up or down, right? So like, if you're going to be on these sites for NFL, especially, like you got to hit these on Tuesdays, Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, maybe Thursday, you could find something, right? But probably there's not as much value on Thursday and maybe it'll move a little. But you got to get on these early. I'm going to stress that more more often than not. There's so many people that, you know, I'll talk to on Friday or Saturday. It's like, I, I know I know you, you, you do some props on prize picks and underdog. What do you like? Like, I like nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing to like. It's like, so you don't got anything? No, I got plenty. I just got it all on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I just, just want to stress that. So if you're going to do this, do, do, do it early. And then DFS, then you can just worry about that later. Then... Saturday night, Sunday morning. I don't have to worry about any of this. I already got all my action down, right? I have like uh, on NFL, I have like five grand between the both sides, five or six grand between all these all these props. And if I if I go, you know, 
55, 60%, depending on the, the dollar amounts for each, you know, I make some money, right? So I don't have to hit five, four pick powers and five flexes and all that type of crap. So I said, no, no, just pair them all together and let's go. Let's, let's go to the promised land. <sighs> Joseph Ryerson says 1 a.m. Eastern. Yes, 1 a.m. Eastern time. Typically, typically the prize picks board comes out around, you know, so maybe it's sometimes a little bit earlier. Depends. Depends on, for, for baseball, I'm assuming. I don't necessarily know when football goes up for the net. They'll put some up. Like, they'll put more, like baseball, early, uh, 1 a.m., they'll put up, the like, the strikeouts and the and the, and the the fantasy points. Like, they won't put out the pitcher outs or some of the other stuff. But the Ks and the fantasy points, which is FanDuel scoring for prize picks, uh, for for foot for uh for baseball for the pitchers at least, uh they'll put up at like one in the morning. So like that's that's the what I do before I go to sleep, right? Compare that to the bat. Maybe I could find like uh you know I found a couple of them. I found maybe five last night. Two of them are still there, uh, for baseball. So do that, and then when NFL like typically Monday Monday Tuesday they start coming out for football, and then you just you see where you could find and hammer them as much as possible. Uh, but for this slate coming up for DFS purposes on DraftKings, uh, what I've done for this show, I've, I've pre-done it to save time, is uh, I've run lineups. And I've run lineups with an aggregate. So I've gone around the industry grabbing projections, grabbing ownership projections, grabbing median fantasy point projections around the industry and aggregated them with the Roto-Grinders projections and the bat that we have here at RG, uh, so I could build liners based on, in general, kind of like what the industry, what, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what other people are going to be doing. If they if they take these projections, you could do it by projection source. Obviously, if some source is a little bit higher on this and a little bit lower on that, they'll get more of this and less of that, right? But as an aggregate, just for the sake of this show, I could do 300 sets like there's no tomorrow. I could, for me personally, I may build 30 of these. Right with different stack combinations, different types of uh, of configurations for each projection source, and then run them through the theory of DFS tools. Uh, but for the sake of the show, I'm just trying to build like 300, just at one shot, which may not be the most accurate, but it's somewhat accurate, right? So running these projections using just like a two plus one stack, right? Your quarterback with a wide receiver, a tight end, with a run back of a wide receiver, a tight end. It's just like got a little little game stack just to see who comes up the most and what players are attached to other players the most, right? In my in, in lineups in general, in my opponent's lineups. So I'm getting a lot of Leonard Fournette, a lot of D- David Montgomery, a lot of Stefan Diggs. You'll see, like, obviously, the guys that are showing up the most are the highest fantasy point per dollar type plays and most likely going to be in like a cash lineup, right? I could hit that optimize button right here on lineup HQ for this aggregate set and get the top median lineup, 141.77, 50K lineup. And it's Hertz, Jacobs, Montgomery, Samuel, Myers, Diggs, Hawkinson, Fournette, and the Panthers defense. Like this looks like a cash lineup. Maybe, hell, maybe it's the cash lineup that I actually play, right? On DraftKings. So this is this is a cash lineup. This is the, you're avoiding this in GPP, right? You don't want to eat all of this chalk all at once, right? This is good for double ups. This is good for triple ups, even like this type of stuff. But I want to build with some amount of correlation, right? Like a quarterback, a run back, you know, like that type of thing, and see what players stick to each other. Now, obviously, Fournette and Montgomery are going to stick a lot to each other. So it's very easy to see on this level one analysis. What what are what are my opponents going to? What are what are if, if people didn't care about what other people were doing? What what type of lineups are they building? You're going to see Fournette, Montgomery, Diggs, Irv Smith, Jacoby Myers, Panthers defense, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Jacobs, Curtis Samuel, and then I I capped everything at twenty percent for a quarterback, just because no quarterback's going to be eighty percent owned or anything like that. I just want to see what the skill position players or the defenses come in. Okay. And it's easy on level one because you could just like, okay, these are the highest are right down to Curtis Samuel. Those are like that. That's like, those are the combinations that you're going to see a lot. You're going to see Montgomery with Irv Smith. You're going to see Fournette with Amon Ross St. Brown. You're going to see a lot of these guys together, but it could also be represented by a correlation matrix. 
And I'm going to share my other screen. Right. And you can see here, this is the portfolio correlation matrix tool. That's part of uh, theoryofdfs.com, which you can pick up the course. Uh, so you put in, I already put in, you just have to cut in the lineups, right? It's, it's very easy. It's not, this isn't complicated. If you know how to cut and paste and press a button, you can, you can work these things. It's Excel, right? So I just exported from, from lineup HQ and I just cut and paste the lineups in here and click the button to load in. It takes a minute or two, depending on how big your, the portfolio is. Then it comes out with what the R values of all the players to each other. Okay. And instead of going through this entire matrix, it'll show you a list of the most out of these 300 lineups, what combinations of players show up the most together as a two player combination. The number one is Fournette and Diggs. Number two is Montgomery and Fournette. Number three is Montgomery and Diggs. And then we have Fournette and Irv Smith, Diggs and Irv Smith, Montgomery and Irv Smith, Fournette and May- Jacoby Meyer. Then, then it starts kind of dipping down. So you can even look here in the middle section of like the max lineup percentage and the variance factor. So the top, the top numbers over here are the ones that appear in the most lineups together. Fournette, Diggs, Montgomery, and then a little bit, a little bit of a gap to Irv Smith, then a little bit more of a gap to Jacoby Myers and Amon Ross St. Brown, and then a bit of a gap if we pass by the quarterbacks, Panthers, Samuel, Jacobs. And then we get down to Russell Gage, Waddle, and then we got guys that aren't as correlated to these other guys up here. So the number, the top, the top four, if you want to uh, classify it, are Fournette, Diggs, Montgomery, and Irv Smith, which makes sense. I'm naming the cash line, but I'm naming the cash lineup essentially. Okay. Mike B asks, when you're running the aggregate, are you weighing each projection set evenly? Uh, for this one that I'm showing you right now, yes. But the way that I do it. Uh, I, I would I would weight them separately, depending on on which level you're doing. Okay, so if you're trying to do and trying to simulate to some extent lineups that other people are using, you should be weighting the projections based on what you think their usage in your contest. So if you're playing a large field contest, maybe the usage on some certain projection sets are going to be lower. If you're playing smaller field contests, maybe certain projection sets are going to be weighted much higher. Okay, so if if you think that this other site, a lot more people use than Roto Grinders, I don't know why they should be using Roto Grinders or the Blitz projections for this type of analysis on what you think the field is going to do. It should represent that. It should it shouldn't be that you think the the project you can think the projections are horrible. You could say, well, I think half the people are going to be using bad projections. Well, for this purpose of seeing what lineups are going to be more correlated to each other, you should be putting that in at fifty percent then. Now, when you build your lineups, you're going to be putting that in at 10% or not, not even using it in your aggregate, right? So you, the weight should be in some relation to either if you, whatever you believe is the most accurate projections, you should be building your lineups from, but the ones to, to, to analyze everyone else, you should just weigh it at whatever, whatever you think that, that your contest is going to be. I mean, you're never going to get a per in that 37.2. I'm not doing that. I'm ballparking it. But for this purpose on today's show, I just did it evenly. I just did it even, even Steven, right? Like I said, I would do this for three, 300 sets for multiple different combinations and, and all types of things. I may, in this portfolio correlation matrix, I may run this with 3,000 lineups rather than 300, right? Now, in the level one analysis, it's not going to change much. The chalk is the chalk, right? It's when you get to level two and level three, that's when you may see some uh, discrepancies. So in level one, we see Fournette, Diggs, Montgomery, Smith. I mean, that like these are the, these are the types of players that I, that will be higher owned together in combination. So it's the ones that if I'm playing GPP, I would look to avoid in combination or have less of in combination. Which means if you're playing a lineup that has Fournette, Diggs, Montgomery, and Smith in it, it's going to be much harder to get different. You have to you have to get more different in the rest of your lineups than if you just played two of them or just played one of them. So it doesn't mean it's like, oh, I'm going to fade Fournette. I'm going to fade Diggs. I'm going to fade Montgomery. I'm going to fade Irv Smith Jr. No, you can play plenty of each as long as maybe you don't play them as much together, right? So it's not about necessarily playing or fading. It's what types of lineups. Lineups, not players. We talk about this all the time. I talk about this all the time in theory of DFS. So looking at this chart, 
maybe we could see what we do if we could group out on this top end. Maybe we'll make a group with the top four. And then we'll make a group with the top four with the next couple uh, down to maybe Josh Jacobs, not including the quarterbacks. Uh, And then set a max of each to see what lineups come out that don't use as many of those combinations. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to lineup HQ. And do just that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to, to player groups. And I'm going to go here and I'm going to, I'm going to put in Fournette. Biggs. Montgomery. And Irv Smith. Now you could, if you want, if you're playing like single entry or stuff like that, maybe you set a max of three. You go, as long as I don't play three out of the four, right? If you're playing like maybe mid-sized contests, maybe two out of the four. You take a look at more of those types of lineups. And if you're playing large field contests, maybe you do a max of one, right? You don't do a max of zero. That means you never have any of these players, but they're the highest projected players. If you, yeah, if you want to make very contrarian lineups that don't play any of these players, sure. Put the max at zero. But let's put the max at two right now. Okay. So we can see what lineups come out that have no more than two. I don't mind having any of these players, just not like not all four of them together. And then in the next, in the next one, I'm gonna put those players in also. Ornette, Irv Smith, David Montgomery. Because what we're trying to do is now go to a like a level two analysis. And we got Smith. And then we have the next player. So the first group, we had max of two. Maybe the next group, we have a, a max of four, right, to be broad. Or it could be three even. You could do one and two, like just make it whatever scalable, right? Two, if you only have max of one here, maybe you'd only have a max of three in the next group. So we're going to add the other the other players, Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers, Amon Ra St. Brown, Amon Ra, we got the Panthers defense, Panthers defense, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel, and Josh Jacobs. So maybe we have, we have a max of four on this. Now, obviously, that means no more than two of the first group and no more of two and four of the, you know, the remaining group. You don't mind four, like, you would not mind since, like, someone like Jacobs isn't in this group, like, you wouldn't mind having a lineup that's Amon Ross St. Brown, Curtis Samuel, Josh Jacobs, and Jacoby Myers. Because if you had that, that means you didn't have any of the players from the first one, which makes you pretty contrarian by not having the four highest on players. Right? So I don't mind having four of these, but most likely it's going to be two of these guys and then two more of the other guys. Now we could run this. So I'm going to run it the same way that I did before using these two groups to see what then comes up. This would be level two analysis. So I'm going to run that right now. I'm going to let that run. It's going to run 300 because I have some amount to, you know, because once you start adding groups and everything that this, the speed, you get a little speed decrease. This may take maybe three or four minutes to do. I'll answer any questions you want in the YouTube chat. Thumbs up. Give me a thummy thumb. Say hi in the YouTube chat. I will answer any questions that you, you do want. Uh, what am I going to do now? I'm going to go over to the other side. Okay. With this level one analysis, I'm going to go back to my Excel screen. And I'm going to import these lineups. You see these lineups? I'm just going to cut and paste, take them all, copy. And I'm going to put them in the portfolio trimmer, which is another tool that you see here. Right, I already put the projections in. You cut and paste your projections in here. I already did that. I pre-did that. And this is the new version. This is the new version. There'll be a little cleanup, so the formatting will be a little bit better. Right? So I'm going to cut and paste the project uh, the lineups in. The new version uh, that I tested yesterday, James fixed. Right? You don't get the new version yet. That'll probably come out on Monday. Uh I mean, the old ver- the, the normal version works. It just it doesn't have the exposures and the key player threshold. You could still, you could still, what I'm showing you right now, you could still do on a portfolio trimmer at theory of DFS.com. Okay. So I've loaded all of these in with the project, these aggregate projections into the portfolio trimmer. Now I'm going to load it into the, the portfolio manager. You can see it right here. 
as you see here, you could see my exposures right down. Like how much of each player do I have out of these lineups? Right. Go like that. Okay. So we get all these lineups and it'll sort it right by project. I mean, you can sort by any column, but it automatically sorts by projection, by median projection for all of these lineups. Shows you the price, the floor, the ceiling, total ownership. Shows you all of this. You could trim by a salary threshold. I don't want to play any lineups that are lower than this or higher than that or projection lower than this or higher than that, right? So if I want to, if automatic, if I built 300 lineups and I'm only wanting to play 20 of them, maybe it's like, maybe I cut off, you know, the lineups that are under 140 projection or something or whatever you want. You could do that easier here than you can in lineup HQ. But it also has a smart trim function. Now the smart trim function, as I've as I've shown multiple times on this uh, show before, is that if you go down here on projection, I know it's small on the screen. Like we see this lineup here that's at one twenty four ownership sum, but projects at one forty. But there are lineups that are lower owned and higher projected, and that's kind of like from a blunt heuristic. Your goal in DFS and GPP is to build the highest projected lineups for the lowest ownership. So being that you're not going to play all 300 lineups, that you wouldn't play all 300 lineups, you'd probably play more of the lineups that are higher projected that are lower owned. You'd cut out the ones like we see here and it's marked in red, right? Ones are 123 ownership sum, but only at 138 projection. There's a lot of lineups that project better that have lower ownership. There's no easy way to get rid of them. If I did that in lineup HQ, you'd have to do that manually. You have to, I've shown, I've just scrolled through, get rid of this one, get rid of that one, get rid of this one. They could be very time consuming, right? So in the portfolio trimmer, we've added that smart trim functionality that you could do it just in one click, okay? In the new version, in the new version, you can do that by a player, okay? So if I did it right now with no player keyed in, it would just take all the lineups. It would just, I could trim all of them down. But let's say you see here with the exposures, right? We showed the exposures of your portfolio, which this is in the new version. So you could keep track. You'd be like, do I really want all of this? Do I really want uh, uh, Josh Jacobs? And, and if I wanted to trim just the Josh Jacobs lineups, I could just go right here. And go down to Josh Jacobs, where I, I could find him somewhere. I was sorted by number. He's there. He's there somewhere. Let's see. I go to Josh Jacobs and just trim those. Right? It won't touch any of the other lineups. So let's say I trimmed all of the lineups right now. Right? I could also change the ownership type to some or product. So let's say I trimmed all of them. All 300. And remember, these are like kind of chalky lineups. Right? Like we're not going to play a lot of them, especially the ones that come out on the top in a in a GPP. Definitely not in a large field GPP. But let's smart trim. And why are we going to smart trim? Even though we're not using these lineups, I want to see what players out of these kind of maybe little chalkier combinations come up more, contribute more for their ownership, for their lower ownership. And this is obviously using an aggregate, right? I didn't manually adjust any of this ownership. It's just whatever the aggregate is. So if I smart trim, right, may take a couple of seconds. There's 300 lineups it has to go through. And whichever ones come up more than the others, whatever players show up more in lineups are more likely to be the ones that are under-owned and the ones that are over-owned, you're not going to show as much of, right? Okay. We have to do a little work on these calculations because it's obviously not 142%. I can't have that much. Right, but you get a lot of Montgomery and Fournette and Diggs. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much the best plays. Right? Is there anything that comes up like really weirdly up the Falcons defense? Maybe the Falcons. I mean, we we got it really down. We got it down to ten lineups: T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Zay Jones, Russell Gage, Shy Smith, Marvin Jones Jr. shows up. Dallas Goddard. I'm going to assume in, in a lot of my lineups that when I do level two analysis, that some of these are the guys that are going to come up. But there's another methodology of just using the portfolio trimmer 
to like see. It's like, oh, I'll put a bunch of lineups in. And when I smart trim it down, which which players show up more that contribute more to lower own lineups than to higher own lineups? So I just wanted to show you that. So we go back to the portfolio correlation matrix. Right? This is the one, the level one analysis. So now if I'm going to go back to lineup HQ. Where's lineup HQ? Let's see. There, there it is. Okay. So we ran this again using, using that group. So we're get, still getting a lot of Montgomery and Fournette because you still have to play two running backs, right? What are we not getting as, as much of any more at all? We're still getting Jacoby Myers, Brandon Cooks, Panthers defense, Hawkinson. Get, now we're getting Hawkinson Gage, Zay Jones. Still getting some Curtis Samuel, more Higby, right? And then we get down there. Now I'm going to take this and I'm going to throw this level two types of lineups which still use some, I mean, we take a look at this first lineup up here. Cousins, Jefferson, Montgomery Fournette, Myers, Cooks, Hawkinson, Jade, Zay Jones, Panthers defense. Still use still plenty, plenty owned players in here, right? 107 total ownership. It's not like, it's not, it's not a contrarian lineup, but it's also not, a, not really a chalky lineup, right? We're not playing that many combinations. Yeah, we are playing the Montgomery Fournette combination and the Panthers defense is kind of in there. But we're building around some of it. Zay Jones, Justin Jefferson's not going to be as owned as you think he's going to be at his price, right? Go down to the next one. I mean, you see various Damien Pierce's in here instead. So now I'm going to take this, this level two, I'm going to export it. And I'm going to put that into the portfolio correlation matrix. And I'll go over to my other screen. Right, so I'm going to go to the insert lineup section. These lineups that are in the first one, I'm going to clear. Right, we have a button for you. Just clear it. Then you don't have to scroll. You don't have to cut. You don't have to do anything. And then I'm going to go grab the lineup that came out for the lineup HQ. You can see it right here. It's not. I'm. It's just on my other screen. All you have to do is cut and paste. Right. All I'm doing is just A to I. There, done. Copy. Right. Bring it back over here. Paste it right there. Done. Okay, I'm going to hit load lineups into portfolio assessment. This may take three or four minutes because it's 300 lineups and there's enough diversification in there that it's going to start comparing. That's all Excel is going to do. So I'm going to press that button and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. While we're waiting for that, I'll take some questions from the YouTube chat, as always. Chris Todd says, how the hell does Blender only have 13 likes? Hit that button, y'all. Blender's awesome. Yeah, hit the thummy thumbs. You know how much I love the thummy thumbs. Uh, DF Cashline 21, just joining in to use randomness during this process. No, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out what my what the field is going to look like. I'm not these aren't lineups that I'm building for myself. This is purely a research and reconnaissance mission. Of if people are using these median projections. What are their lineups more likely to look like than not, right? I don't care about diversification. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. I don't care about randomness. I don't care about any of that. I want to see what the most, if you, if someone just went to an optimizer with projections and said, give me 150 lineups, what would they look like? More, what would players would stick together more than not? And I don't want to play those combinations as much. That's all I'm doing here. So the randomness is just would defeat the purpose of that. You're not going to get definitive answers there. Things will be much more smoothed out. That's something you do in your own process when you build your lineups. So you don't have players that just stick together too often to each other in your, and you want to be more diverse. But for this, I know I want, the whole point is to exploit median projections. That's the whole purpose of this. Uh, Mike B says, when the trimmer comes out, uh, when the new trimmer comes out, will the key players have a difference from captain and flex for showdown lineups? Yes. I did that yesterday, right? James James uh, gave me a new version of the test uh, yesterday afternoon, and I did use the new portfolio trimmer for uh, Thursday for last night's showdown contest. And yes, I was able to trim. I could select Amari Cooper as a captain. I could select Amari Cooper as a flex differently and then trim just by those. Everything, everything worked. 
I used it yesterday. I I I made I made I think eleven hundred lineups or something like that, and I played fifty of them, and I got them all down in the portfolio trimmer itself. So with the exposures column and everything, I didn't have to bring it back and go how much how much David Bell do I really want? I was able to trim just those lineups, right? How many Chubb captains do I really want to be contrarian? So I may trim some of those lineups down. So yeah. It worked. It worked. It worked very well for showdown. The captain and the flex will be different, keyed differently, in that in that lineup. Joseph Ryerson, how does how do the new tool help to leverage the overown players by getting to their teammates or whatever? Well, well, that you have to figure out yourself. I mean, that you could just think of common sense wise, right? You would put in that you want more of someone regardless of the fact that they're lower projected. So, for instance, if David Montgomery is going to be highly owned. Maybe you're playing more Darnell Mooney, right? But he's low owned as it is. So like ownership should take care of that as well. That you're, that strategically you have to do for yourself. This is not going to determine who's the most leverage off of other people. This is just how to build lineups that are lower owned and higher projected. The, the tools don't know what play, what the players are, right? They don't know any of that. You ha- You have to decide on that. If you think Leonard Fournette, uh, uh, leverage on Leonard Fournette is playing Russell Gage, then just make more Russell Gage lines that don't have Leonard Fournette in, right? That's what you'd be, DJ Shark. You want to build a Goff, Goff Shark lineup with Terry McLaurin instead of, uh, you know, the the Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Curtis Samuel line? But like, the, the players that, you, that you're playing instead as leverage are going to be lower projected. But you're basing that off of leverage. There's no, there's nothing that measures leverage in this, right? The projection is the projection. So that that's something you have to do strategically yourself. Oh, I'm just going to build more. I'm going to build more DJ Chark lineups. Let's see what they look like. Uh, Grant Brand asks, "How did you do in showdown? Winning lineup at projected 26 dupes. Uh, I lost, but I, I wasn't. I was not unhappy with my lineup." I didn't have an, I didn't have enough Amari Cooper, right? But I had both quarter. I had a ton of both quarterbacks. The both quarterbacks were under owned yesterday. There's no, there's no reason in any showdown slate that quarterbacks should be under fifty percent owned when they're not ten k, right? So I played more for a passing type of game. I mean, I played for more of a passing type of game. I would, I, I, I would have made some money. I would have actually profited a little money if the Browns didn't get a touchdown at the end on the, on the kickoff last play. I didn't even see it. All I know is like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then I look and like half my half my money's gone. What happened there? Thanks a lot. Chalk Brown's defense gets there. Okay. So now I'm looking at these level two lineups. Okay. What players come together more often? Now we don't get, we don't get digs as high up there. If you're just maxing the two, you're still getting a ton of Montgomery and Fournette. Montgomery, Fournette, Myers. Then we get to the level two players like Hawkinson, Cooks, Samuel, which we have already in there, Gage, Jefferson starts coming up more, Zay Jones, Josh Jacobs is still in there, Diggs is still in there, Goddard a little bit more because of probably because of Hurts. We still get plenty of the Panthers, and then we kind of like drop off from there. Still got, yeah, Hill and Waddle are coming up. They're coming up. I'm on Rob Brown. St. Brown goes down significantly. Right. So this would be like the level two analysis. What line, what do these lineups look like that don't have like all of those players in, but still project for pretty well? So now maybe I take these, right? And I I make a third group. Right. So I did two, four. Maybe in fact, maybe Diggs and and Montgomery come up way so much. They're attached so much that maybe I make a group that's just that. Like this third level analysis so showed that even in second level, Montgomery and Fournette are coming up a lot. So maybe I'm going to try to group them out individually. Even though you can make lineups that have both of them in them, the fact that the top two in the level two uh, level two analysis means they're both together, maybe I just want to set a max one of both. Now, if I set a max one on Fournette and Montgomery, that means I should see Diggs and Irv Smith come up more. Okay. I still have this group of four, max of four here, right? Maybe I set this group, uh, this this group, the max of two, 
So I could get Fournette plus Diggs. I could get Fournette plus Smith. I get Montgomery plus Diggs and Montgomery plus Smith. Okay, so I still can get that. And then in the level uh, three analysis, I'm going to create another group. Right? I'm going to put all the people from the first group in, which I could just duplicate it. So this, this is easier. Right? I take this group, duplicate it. Right? And now add, we got Myers, add Hawkinson. Add Hawkinson. Add, we got Samuel in there. We got, we get, let's put Cooks in there as well. Let's put Gage in there as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson, right? These are the ones that Zay Jones, Zay, Zay, Zay Jones. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let me let me bring bring it over to line of HQ. Right, so I'm going in. I'm creating another group. Got, okay, forget about the quarterbacks. Goddard, let's put Goddard in there as well. Because obviously Hurts and Allen, they're going to be popular, right? Cousins. So you put this group in. And you go, I don't want any more four of those, like as a as a total. Right? So these are these are the level two players. Now let's create lineups. Now that I, I'm trying to I'm trying to basically group out and find lineups that project well or maybe still own decently, but just like the player combinations are not like the same. So now let's do some level three analysis. I'm going to build 300 lineups the same way I did before. Like I said earlier, you could do this for like, like each set. Oh, I'm going to do this for three plus one lineups. I'm going to do this for three plus zero lineups. I'm going to do this from one plus one lineups. I'm going to do like, you could do this for everything for each projection set for each, whatever. You can take this to forever reasons. And the groups that you set up are all in relation to what you judge, right? Some people may go, well, maybe maybe Irv Smith Jr. isn't as chalky enough for me to be in this level one group. That's up to you, right? Some people will be like, well, I'm just going to jam in Fournette and Montgomery no matter what. And I'm like, okay, then don't group them out, right? This is all the groups that you make here are just a judgment call. It doesn't mean you can't make a group with all four of these players in it. It doesn't mean that you can't make a lineup with all four. That that is that is good. Just understand that in combination, it's going to be the biggest, the highest combination of players, which means you're going to have to get a little bit more off the board in these types of lineups. And you could run those types of lineups. You could run 300 of those types of lineups, right? You could run 300 sets in lineup HQ for God knows how many lineups. And let's say you're only playing 20 and you go, okay, maybe I do want to play one or two that have all four of these together. That's perfectly fine. As a heuristic, right? Use that the, the 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 word of the week. I'm building these. I'm build, I'm making these groups just so it makes it easier. I'm just not considering those other lineups, so I could still make plus EV lineups without them. And what I throw in groups is going to be all dependent on what what I judge the field is going to do, and what you know the players that come up more so together than others. On some slates, maybe Fournette and Montgomery aren't aren't even level two or a little bit more smoothed out, and I'm like, okay. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't make a max one of this, right? You remember, you could still make lineups with both of them in it. Well, you don't have to do this, right? This is a way to eliminate lineups, not build lineups that are. Oh, lineups that have these two are bad. No, there are tons of lineups on Sunday. Fournette plus Montgomery. If you play them both together, you could build, let's say, sixty-five thousand lineups that are good. That I would say are great. With both of them together, but you know, you could also build 185,000 lineups that don't have them, that don't have only have one of them. Okay, you could build uh, 35,000 lineups that have neither of them that are great. Okay, once you add up how many great lineups you could play, you're in the millions. Okay, understand the scope of this. So this does not mean you cannot play these two players together, but as a heuristic, right? Players, if you play both of them together, you're sharing a lot of more points with more of the field. So you know what would be easier for you to win? By not sharing as many points with the rest of the field. That would be easier. Doesn't mean it's better. Just it's easier. Two things are different. 
It's going to be much harder to build a lineup that's a Josh Allen dig stack, Fournette and Montgomery, Irv Smith as a punt tight end in the Panthers defense. It's going to be much harder. You're going to have to find some 1% owned guy in the wide receiver slot that puts up 35 points. And two of them, right? You're going to have to, it's going to be harder to build those lineups. It's more likely you end up with too chalky of a lineup and it's not good enough. It's a negative EV lineup because it's too chalky. By doing this, I'm eliminating a lot of those types of mistakes where I don't have to find 1% on players that go off for a million points. Because it rarely happens anyway. So people look at this and go, oh, these are the exact groups to do. There's no, there's no correct answers. How do I do this process for myself? Well, you could you could weigh anything you want. You could aggregate eight different projection sources. You could weigh them differently. You could change the ownership. You could change the projections. You could change the numbers. You could change the groups. You could change. The process of doing this, I think is useful. But the exact things that you put in could be whatever. I mean, look at the way build rules. I put 50% running backs, 50% wide receiver in the flex. Does it mean you have to do that? No, I just did it bluntly. Maybe you think more people are playing running back in the flex and you put that at 75. You put wide receiver at 25. Maybe you think the opposite. Maybe you think some lineups are going to, maybe 10% of lineups actually have two tight ends. I'm just not even considering those lineups. But maybe you want to. Maybe you want to consider 10%. Oh, that's, I think that's perfectly fine. Maybe you want to set the quarterback max exposure to 30% and not 20, maybe 15. Right? Maybe you want to set the salary cap at 49.8 to 49 min. 49.8 is a min. Or maybe you don't mind 48.5. I mean, like, There's no right answer to those questions. There's there's no correct. It's just, okay, all I'm doing is, I just want to see the main thing. I don't need to know. Nico Collins, what is his correlation to other players? I don't give a crap. He's not going to be owned. So I don't don't care about his R value to Stefan Diggs. Most likely, if you're playing Nico Collins, your lineup lineup is pretty contrarian. Right, I just care about the top ones. So whether or not this is uh, 75, 25, yeah, obviously if I put running back flex 75, I'm just going to get all, I'm just going to get a lot more Montgomery and Fournette in those lineups. Is it going to make that much of a difference? Probably not. So now I'm running these lineups under what we would call level three. We separated out some players. These would be more of the type of lineups that you would build, right? But what do these lineups look like? So we're getting a lot of digs. Still getting Montgomery. Still getting Montgomery and Fournette. They're just not together. Look, they're in like 100% of the lineups. Or almost 100. 298 out of 300. But obviously, Josh Jacobs is going to come up some more. Jacoby Myers, Damian Pierce, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill starts coming up more. Right? So now I'm going to take this. This level three. And I'm going to export this. You can see here. Just export. Let's just hit the button. That's it. Hit the button, it saves to you, whatever, you know, it saves to your browser, you open that up. I'm going to go over, go over to my, my portfolio correlation matrix, open the file, cut and paste all the lineups, paste it right there, right? There you go, you see it right there. This isn't complicated, right? And press the button, load lineups into portfolio assessment. And of course, this will take couple of minutes. So I'll answer questions in the meantime. These tools, these Excel tools are part of the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players. And if you listen to the 10-part audio, right, six hours long, because it's, it's also an audio course, you'll understand why these tools are useful. The concepts behind using a portfolio correlation matrix, using a portfolio trimmer, using a lineup simulator. That's part of the course. That's part of the course. By using a duplication predictor or checker, you'll understand why they're useful. But these these are still blunt tools. These are blunt methodologies. They're not precise methodologies. It's not running any, it's not running. These are the best lineups. It's not doing that. It's only as good as what you put into it. Garbage in, garbage out. It's a way for you to build more, a lot of lineups and go, how do I choose between a lot of these lineups? That may all be pretty good. But which ones do I want to play more of than others, right? And how do I keep track of that? If I have two lineups to choose from, how, 
What's a good way? What, which one has a higher ceiling? Which one wins more often than not? And it may be by this much. And he'd be like, okay, that, that's enough to give me, oh, I'll plug that one over. That's all, that's all this is doing, right? What players are going to be played together more? Because a lot of people will go through and go, oh, th- this guy is high owned, that guy is. Like, I'm on Ross St. Brown. A lot of people may put in that first group and go, oh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, shock receiver. Right? They'd put, they'll put in Montgomery, they'll put in Fournette, they'll put in Irv Smith Jr., they'll put in Stefan Diggs, and they'll, then they'll also put in Amon Ross St. Brown. And again, but based on the portfolio correlation matrix, based on his salary, it's hard to play Diggs and Amon Ross St. Brown in a Fournette plus Montgomery lineup, even with Irv Smith as a tight end. Just you run out of salary, or you're playing a low, a low price quarterback. Right? It's just it's just a little tougher. So Diggs and Amon Ross St. Brown aren't as correlated together in lineups as you think they are. Now, they're, they're going to be in plenty of lineups together. I'm not saying that they're not going to be in plenty of lineups, but not as many as Montgomery and Fournette with those guys because it's another it's a running back position that you have to play two of. And Montgomery's 4,900 and, and Fournette's 6,500, which is still cheaper than Amon Ross St. Brown. So going through that, you go, oh, okay. Amon Ross St. Brown is up there, but he's not nearly anywhere close to as up there as the other four guys. So it's like, okay, so he's not as chalky. He's still chalk, but not as chalky as those guys, right? And then he may look and he may go Justin Jefferson and go, I can't play Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen. Uh, just, uh, uh, Cousins, Jefferson, Smith, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, because that's too, ah, that's too popular. It's like, well, if you don't have Fournette or Montgomery in the lineup, like that's you're perfectly fine, right? Fournette and Montgomery correlate to those players much more highly than Curtis Samuel, right? You could still play other semi-chalky players, not on the top level of chalkiness, but in the middle level. So we look here at the at the third level analysis, and obviously we'll see Jacobs come up more. Right, we see a little bit more Montgomery because uh, he's cheaper than Fournette. So you're still you're still getting a bunch of these guys like Diggs. Hig- you're getting more Higby. So to me, this, this tells me that like Higby seems like better salary leverage at tight end than like Hawkinson or Goddard, and that makes sense. You know why? From think conceptually, why would that make? Why would Higby be worth worth more in the tight end spot? Then Hawkinson, obviously Irv Smith, because Irv Smith is chalky. Okay, so like we know that for sure. But better than Goddard or Hawkinson. All you have to do is think about it. Think about how leverage works. Think about how ownership on combinations of players work. Hawkinson is going to be higher owned because the Minnesota game, Detroit game, is going to be higher owned. So a lot of Irv Smith, a lot of uh, Jefferson lineups, a lot of Cousins lineups, and hell, Irv Smith plus Hawkinson, right? A lot of those lineups are going to be, they'll be correlated with one another, right? So if you're playing Hawkinson, Hawkinson lineups are more likely to have Fournette and Montgomery and Amon Ra, you know, that type of uh, type of lineup, right? Because you're going to stack Goff. Goff plus Amon Ra plus Hawkinson. And then you run it back with one of the, the Vikings, Jefferson, Irv Smith, something like that. Then you also have Goddard. Well, Hertz is going to be one of the most owned quarterbacks, right? Hertz, Goddard, AJ Brown. Hertz, Goddard, Devonta Smith, right? Who are the Eagles playing? Playing Washington? Is that right? Just want to make sure. Yeah, they're playing Washington. So Curtis Samuel will be in those lineups. Also, probably. So what 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 is the tight end that has nothing to do with any of that? This this Rams uh Cardinals game isn't going to be as owned. So playing Higby for leverage in the tight end spot. He's he's the he's the, the probably the best projected in that range. And we also see throughout all of this, where the hell is Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey will not be high owned. And it's going to be tough to use him because there's not many very well-projected, cheaper players. So we can see here that 
Like just running all of this, I'm, I'm when, where am I getting? I mean, we take a look at just about salary. I mean, we're not getting much of like Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. Like a lot of these guys are going to, I mean, they have ceilings and we can see on the ownership that they're, they're not going to be, they're going to be maybe be the high single digit owned, but they definitely have 40 plus point ceilings, but our opponents aren't going to be playing many of those. Even if you group out stuff, it's still going to be a lot of digs, right? A lot of digs. Jacobs may get a little bit higher ownership for people that are like, well, I'm not going to play Montgomery and Fournette together. And then they end up playing Jacobs in one of the spots. Amon Ra is still going to be more popular. Jacoby Myers is going to be way more popular than you think. It's hard to get. I mean, there's not much value. A 5K wide receiver with like a 50, you know, six for 50, 11 points, 12 points ain't bad. Obviously, Waddle and Hill especially because of recency bias. There'll be a little bit more room. But Damian Pierce, if you want to get off of some of the running back chalk, I think Damian Pierce looks pretty good. He'll be under-owned. He'll be, he'll be owned, but under-owned in combination with a lot of these players. Then we start looking down the list. Cooper Cup, 8%. Okay, he has a ceiling. Marvin Jones Jr., Shy Smith. It seems like, what, Carolina, Jacksonville, Rashad Perryman, Russell Gage. I'm not sure about playing Brady, but I could see playing Perryman or Gage as a one-off. Still yet Zay Jones then, and Michael Carter starts showing up. I think Michael Carter as a cheap running back is pretty good. So you could start getting a sense of like, well, what guys come up, what guys are not going to be nearly as owned as they should be? Even when you start like grouping out some of these guys, it's like, you're not like, where's, like, I think Hurts, uh, A.J. Brown hurts Devonta Smith is not going to be as owned as you think it's going to be. I think Goddard is more tied to Hurts than either of the wide receivers. Only because a lot of people are going to want to play digs. And I think it matters. Depend. I think it really depends on if Gabe Davis is out or not. But you can see here, like we get some of the Bengals. Like, uh, look at this. Like, why not a Bengals? Burrow plus Higgins plus Michael Carter. That seems projected well enough. And you're not as correlated with some of the other higher chalky players. And you could that means you can play a lineup that is Burrow, Higgins, Carter, and then still play Fournette or Montgomery in that lineup. You could still play Stefan Diggs in that lineup. You could still play Amon Ra in that lineup. You could still do that. Because these numbers show that they're really, those players aren't that correlated with the other players. Right? You could probably still play Montgomery and Fournette in that lineup, truthfully. But maybe if you want to get extra leverage, you don't even do that. So it's like you can still play high-owned players. Just don't play them in combinations that are similar to your opponents, as similar to your opponents. You could be over the field on someone. I could have 50% dig. And as long as I'm not playing a lot of him with, uh, you know, the Montgomery and Fournette and Irv Smith and everything together, it's like, sure, feel free, go nuts. Right? Play a Falcon stack and play Stefan Diggs as a one-off in that. That's perfectly fine. Stefan Diggs isn't really correlated in many of these lineups with anyone else in a Falcons game. So it's like, okay, that makes Diggs, put him in. No problem. Uh, but this is how you how you use the tools. I mean, the, to me, I mean, I'm not, there's, there's no football analysis here. I don't use football analysis to play DFS. Just use the numbers. That's it. Can I organize the numbers better than other people could organize the numbers? There you go. Welcome to DFS. Right? Using lineup HQ, using Excel tools. Just organize the numbers better. That's it. That's it. It's not complicated. It's really not. And you can get all of that theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 10-chapter audio course. Having a solid understanding of game theory concepts in daily fantasy sports can separate you from the recreational players. But how do you develop a systematic, repeatable, time-efficient process to analyze slates and consistently build lineups that show a long-term profit? Uh, long-term profit. In this 10-chapter audio course, you will learn these expert-level methodologies and simply leveraging publicly available information and tools, like the ones that you could get at Roto-Grinders, all without requiring any formal expertise in mathematics 
or any experience in computer programming whatsoever. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players, including the custom Excel tools such as the single lineup optimizer, lineup simulator, portfolio trimmer, portfolio correlation matrix, the duplication checker and predictor, contest reviewer, the contest history analyzer. You can get it all. It all works for Microsoft Excel uh, 2021 plus and on. And uh, it's a 10-chapter audio course, six hours of audio. And you can even download it to your device and do, you know, you can listen to it in, in a podcast player or whatever. Uh, go to theoryofdfs.com and uh, you could pick that up uh, today. Pick that up now. Use use the tools that I use. I mean, like, like I'm showing you. I'm I'm not making this stuff up, right? I literally showed you. This is this This is what I would do, right? Of course, these are the projections of Friday morning, and maybe they change. Pittman's out. Okay, well, then now, now you got to run it all over again, right? Maybe you weigh things differently. Maybe you judge things. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe you don't mind playing some lineups that are like this. Maybe I don't mind playing lineups that are... I'm playing different contests that you also. You're playing 500-man contests. You're probably... Okay, I don't, I don't think I have to play uh, uh, Matt Collins on this slate. Like, you know, I, don't, I don't think there's a need in those types of contests, right? Or are you playing the large field contest, and it's like... Yeah, yeah, those the four chalkiest players, I'm just going to X out. Like, you could build lineups with those four chalky players, but if you're playing the Millie Maker, I could understand if you just, okay, as a heuristic, just X them all out and just build whatever lineups are left. Okay, sure, uh, hopefully all of them fail. If one of them does well, you're probably, you're probably screwed, but uh, but yeah, I can see you doing that, right? So it's, it's not, there's not, there's not a correct, you don't, play, oh, I'm going to go through everything that Jordan did and plug it in and those are the right answers. No. The, the right answers do not exist in DFS. They don't. The only right answer is to, lead, to give me a thummy thumb on your way out the door. That's the only right answer in DFS. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We got content out the ass the remainder of the day. NFL content, live locks on the Scores and Odds channel. <coughs> NFL, the, 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 the single entry show, the tournament take show. My Game Theory Show, which is just for Roto-Grinders Premium members. We got Grinders Live later today, right? There's still baseball going on. Grinders Live, Crunch Time. We got tons of stuff. The Ownership Report videos. The Blitz Show comes out tomorrow. Uh, we got three shows in early in the morning, 10.30, up to lock in the morning Eastern on Sunday. Me and Dean do a Twitter space to sweat the last part of the games at like 6.15 Eastern at night on Twitter. And then we got the showdown show, right? We got the showdown shows on Sunday, Monday, Thursday. We got tons of stuff. So go to Roto Grinders, go to Roto Grinders Premium, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. And uh, uh, I'll be I'll be back. I'll be back on Monday. I'm, I'm here like every day. Okay. You got any questions? You got, I got answers. There, there's no right answers, but I got answers. And uh, we'll be going over this, uh, the Sunday slate on Monday show with James. And then, uh, on to week four, and then maybe soon basketball, right? We got a couple of weeks till basketball's back. Oh my God, so much stuff going on at the same time. I will see you later, uh, Monday through Friday, as you will get. You'll always see me most, most days, right? Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>